Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf and Simon. And we're on and welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Arteaga. Simon Clancy is here and Chris Kaufman is here. We have them both at the same time. So the they stopped warring for, for one episode so we could have them together. They're an ocean apart, so they can't get at each other and and strangle each other. You you, you boys are not fighting anymore, are you? Eat me. <laughs> you know that that's going around, right? People keep asking, how come these guys are never together on the same show? Do they hate each other? And yeah, yeah, they, they hate each other. Yeah, I mean, you know, basically, we just we just want to, um, you know tear each other apart you know <laughs> so uh so we can't be on the same podcast together even even electronically you know that's that's definitely a thing that's definitely not ridiculous at all no it's not this show is brought to you by prize picks use promo code five f-i-v-e you deposit a hundred dollars you get a hundred dollars a simple one-time rollover which means you bet it through once you get it so in other words it's a free one hundred dollars take it promo code f-i-v-e and of course, betteredge.com. Go to betteredge.com slash the number five reasons, and you get $25 just for signing up. All right. PFF did a, a thing, and and you know, it's content season, so everybody's gonna be doing their own things. But PFF did a thing where they made a list of 32 trades that make the most sense for each NFL team. And the one that they had for the Miami Dolphins was Jalen Ramsey for two day two picks. Uh, Simon, your thoughts? It makes a lot of sense cap wise. Uh, of course, the player is good. We have we had in our cap on our own team a dead seventeen million dollars doing nothing. So might as well give the seventeen million dollars to somebody that will do something, right? So, yeah, it sounds great to me. Your thoughts on something like that? I mean, it's never, ever, ever going to happen. Okay, that means it's happening. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It just means it's absolute pie in the sky, John Madden nonsense. It's not really. Happen. Of course, it's not going to happen. I think the Rams that, are trading him. Why, why are the Rams going to give up uh, a cornerback as good as Jalen Ramsey for two second day picks? Because they need cap space. They're fifteen million over, and they save eighteen um, with him. But, but yet, when we talk about the Dolphins, we talk about cap 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 space not being a thing. Salary cap is not an issue when we talk about the Dolphins. But all of a sudden, the Rams are trading away their second best player. It's not going to happen. I mean, they might trade it away, but the Dolphins aren't trading for it. I mean, to some extent, the Dolphins need that room too. I mean, we we're, yeah. we're over the we're over the salary cap, and we we're talking about jettisoning uh, Byron Jones as a means of, you know, as a means of uh, getting our our own salary cap under control because we're currently over the cap, and uh, and we have players that are coming up. We have Christian Wilson coming up. We have Javon Holland coming up. He's on a four year yep. contract. You know, wh- where is the money to sign these guys? You know, and and Tua, so we Rat- we have our own free agents. We have guys with extensions. You know, there's 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 a lot, and it's like, and we're sitting here like, can we get rid of Emmanuel Ogba? Can we not? You know, like we don't we don't know that if we don't have any takers for Ogba or or Cedric Wilson, for example, uh, in trade, then um, our our options for getting relief from those guys are are not great because they do have guaranteed salaries so um so i mean you know where if if we're if it's like you say Simon, if if we're gonna say hey they're hard up on the cap that's why they need to do this then what are miami you know and and if we're on the other hand if we're gonna say well Miami, you know, the cap is the cap is nothing. The cap is unimportant. It can be manipulated any way you want it to, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. Then why does it matter for the Rams? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the Rams are up against it cap-wise, right? But they're going to take a 25 million, 200,000 pound cap hit this year, 26 million next year, and 22 million. Well, if, if they do a post-June 1st trade, I think is the... Right is the the technicality of it. Then they, well, I, I think, think they would get something hit. like seventeen million of. of there is uh, no real out until twenty twenty four on that contract. I mean, the dead cap, regardless of when he gets cut or traded, the dead cap is thirty two million. I mean, it's not going to happen. 
Yeah, but if they if they do if they do it post June first in a trade, then they get to spread that they get to spread the 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 acceleration out. Um, so, so you know, just from Miami's standpoint, it would be a it'd be incre- an incremental like if we were just to magically do this, like wave a magic block, right? Um, post June first, post June first uh, trade for the Rams, you know, whatever. Uh, post June first cut of Byron Jones for the Dolphins. Um, then we're talking about an incremental, I think it's maybe three and a half million dollars. So we were having, we were going to pay, be paying, um, we'd get like 13 and a half million dollars of relief for Byron Jones. And then we'd have $17 million or $18 million, something like that incoming for Jalen Ramsey. So, you know, it is incremental an increase of spending, which means we got to save money elsewhere. Um, but you know, it, it sort of fits. It just, there's, there's just a lot of real world complications that, that don't allow the, you know, the sort of the, the fantasy, um, to play out. Yeah. Well, one thing that's for real, Vic Fangio's in town and he did a press conference, a, a very subdued press conference. I, did you get anything out of it, Simon? Uh, I, I thought it was for kind of milk toast, uh, if you ask me, but your thoughts? Well, it was, it was interesting that he said that, you know, he'd been, working with a couple of new coverages and those sorts of things would be on that. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> well, he, he, I guess it's only something if you're like following various, you know, insiders and rumor mills and stuff like that over the time, because, you know, there was a big rumor going around that, um, yeah, his, his longtime partner is in San Francisco, but his mom uh needs care and she's in florida and he's like you know no my mom's like two he's like my mom is two two hours north of philadelphia (laughs) you know she's not in florida um and he did also say that he's he he was in destin florida um this season for whatever maybe that's where he lives i don't know yeah Um, so so yeah the people that were saying oh you know he's gonna be closer to his home in south florida no destin florida is nine hours from miami yeah, it's like it's like it's a ways. <laughs> yeah, it's a ways away, man. Um, yeah. and 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 then there's that, and then there's you know he did clarify some things about. I I, I kind of take it he was working a little bit with the Eagles, but not formally during the season. And they um and they they might have formalized something during the playoffs so that he could self scout the offense. Um, and the other major thing that he revealed is, is, and I, I think we kind of knew this, but then again, there had been people like saying otherwise um, for whatever reason, but he and Mike McDaniel did not know each other at all. You know, like at all. Mm-hmm. Like he, he said, we, I'd be doing a major disservice to, to act like I actually like Mike McDaniel and I knew each other. Like we maybe have like a total of two minutes worth of conversation over the years at various opportunities. Um, and th- this entire connection between the two uh, had nothing to do with the two of them personally and everything to do with uh, mutual friends. Um, and and so that's it. You know, th- so if, if you see Richmond Flowers, buy him a beer. All right. Well, we're going to be talking about the defense on this episode. So we're going to start with, with their best unit and the unit that I think Vic Fangio looks at as the identity of this team. That's the the front line. Uh, Zach Sealer, Emmanuel Ogba, Raekwon Davis, Christian Wilkins, Jalen Phillips, all under contract. Uh, Christian Wilkins should be getting an extension pretty soon. Free agents are Trey Flowers, John Jenkins, Justin Simmer, Andrew Van Ginkle. Now, Van Ginkle and Flowers are interesting to me. They were, you know... Trey Flowers were kind of cheap because you just got him on, you know, you, I think they, they, they got him on the offset, right? Like Detroit owed him something. Chris, like how did that work? The acquisition I, of, of Trey. Hell if I know at this point, it was, it was, it was complicated. Yeah, no, it was, it was a complicated deal how they got him, but they did. Uh, stands to reason if, you know, they acquired him this past season and gave him a lot of snaps, they might look at him again. He's a free agent. John Jenkins always finds a way to get on here. Uh, Van Ginkle is the is I think the guy that you're going to sacrifice. I think people will be surprised how many people will step up for Andrew Van Ginkle. Your thoughts, Simon, on that unit and especially those free agents? Yeah, I mean it's the best unit on the team, obviously. Uh, I think they all bring 
really interesting things to the table. Uh, you know, Davis doesn't get talked about a lot, but he's a good player. It'll be interesting to see how they line up uh, under Fangio because I think there'll be some significant movement in terms of whether or not Cedar and Wilkins become full-time ends, whether or not they bring in a bigger nose tackle, you know, as in a big space eater rather than, you know, Davis is kind of straight up and straight down. I mean, he's a huge human being. But, you know, we're never going to mistake him for, for Vita Vea, for example. Um, look, I don't think... I don't think that uh, Trey Flowers will be back necessarily. Uh, I, I think the one guy that you you know you look at is is obviously uh, um, is obviously Melvin Ingram and whether he comes back. I, I liked what John Jenkins did in the rotation. I think he's a solid player, but again, it goes back to that: are they going to bring in a bigger space eater, which might make you know Jenkins not necessarily a, a, a re-signed proposition? They got loads of mileage out of Ingram. Um, but the, the, those interior guys, certainly with Sealer, Wilkins, Davis, that's a really, really good unit. Yeah, as far as Melvin Ingram, I didn't include him because, you know, I was going to include him on on with the linebackers. But, yeah, it, is it, do you think it's a bad sign that he kind of rejected their overtures for uh, an extension in season? No, and I he... don't think so. I think he's, uh, you know, mercenary is the wrong word because that's clearly not what he is. But, you know, why wouldn't you hop about good teams Picking up one-year deals, good contracts, you know, um, and try and win a win a Super Bowl that way. Um, I don't see any reason why he should sign a sign an extension. Van Geek was an interesting one. Um, you know, could you replace him? Absolutely. Is he valuable in a sort of a, a spot role? Absolutely. I think the draft is is interesting. You look at some of the players in the draft that you know could probably do a similar job to him and may come in cheaper. I think. You know, you could see ADG resigning for a couple of years if it was a cheap deal. But, you know, I'm not going to, you know, let, let, he's not pulling up many trees in terms of, but he's a solid sort of rotational player, special teamer. You know, obviously had the touchdown against against the Bears on the on, on the pump block. Um, but, you know, if he comes back, that's fine. And if he doesn't come back, well, you know, it's not, you know, we're not losing a great player there. So, um, you know, I suspect they'll try and sign him, frankly, but but we'll see. Uh, Chris, your thoughts on this unit? I, you know, I and I'm, maybe this is an unpopular opinion. Um, I haven't really seen anybody else, you know, any other takers here um, on the idea. But I thought that when Vic Fangio was confirmed, that that really uh, increased the likelihood of re-signing Andrew Van Ginkle quite a bit. Hmm. Um, and that's because you know Vic Vic Fangio historically has really appreciated having a lot of bodies that they could throw out you know, accomplished bodies that they could throw out on the edge. And, you know, if Melvin Ingram is just a little bit too, um, a little bit on the old, old side, uh, you know, at 30, he's 34 and I don't know if he'd be 35 next year or whatever, but, um, you know, if they're, if, if he's reaching kind of the end of the line, um, you know, there, there's an easy, there's an easy answer there and then, you know, go ahead and just get, um get van ginkle back and and i don't know if he's going to have a a big market or or what but um but i think that in this defense uh the way fangio likes to run it uh, he's he's going to want some guys that you know he can trust as sort of two wave players on the edge and um and i I also found it interesting did you find it as interesting as i did that fangio made it a point to say hey if i want a guy i'm going to go knock on chris greer's door I did actually. I was I was going to mention that. Like he he said, you know, tr- rest assured, if there's a guy I feel strongly about, you know, I'm going to be popping in and, in and out of Greer's office, um, you know, and, and letting him know about it, <laughs> you know, and um and that that to me that to me is suggestive uh, of maybe some guys that Fangio has some experience with that you know he'll he'll take a look at and say. Um, this guy can still play and he can, he can help me install my defense. And, um, and, and that's one thing, uh, he did also mention in a, in an interview with Travis Wingfield that, um, that he, he doesn't really watch that much of, of the Dolphins players of Mm -hmm. the Dolphins defense. And he doesn't intend to, um, which was an interesting thing for him to say. Um, he said, of course, he said the exception is in the case of we have a free agent and we got to know whether to sign him back or not. 
And he said, that's the exception. He's like, you know, the, they, they got a tough decision. Then I'll, then I'll watch a bunch of tape of the guy and give him, give my opinion. And that means that he is going to be watching a lot of tape of, of, of a guy like Andrew Van Dinkle. Um, but it's interesting because he says, you know, I'm not, he, he intends to not watch a ton of tape of the players that the Dolphins have on roster because he likes to make up his own mind when he watches them in, um, in, you know, OTAs and especially in training camp. And, um, and so like, that's, that's when he decides what they can and can't do and, and, and how he wants them uh, playing and how much he values them and stuff like that. Uh, and so I thought that was particularly interesting in that, that interview uh, is that, you know, we're talking about all these guys in, on Miami. I, oh, I bet Fangio can't wait, you know, at, when he sees the tape of so-and-so to, to, you know, figure out what to do with him. And it's like, well, if you talk to Vic himself, because according to Vic, he's like, nah, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not even going to watch it. You know, I'm going to watch him in training camp and then I'll decide. Yeah, and I'll say this to, to round this up before we go to break. One guy I would look for in this front in this front is John Jenkins way over overperformed his one year, one million dollar deal. And as he said at the podium this this training camp, my value is that I that I'm hard to push back and I push people into the backfield. If you look at his tape this year, man, those are the guys that you kind of want for a million dollars. I would say that. That's kind of an easy re-sign since he's coming toward the end of it, and he's so such a cheap player that he kind of makes sense, doesn't he? As pure rotational depth, Simon. Yeah, absolutely. I said it earlier. I I, I like him a lot. I thought he played really well. Um, and if you're, I mean, even if you are signing a big man, frankly, keep J- Jenkins. He's cheap. You keep him in the rotation. He's a great, apparently a great character guy, great yes. teammate. So a hundred percent, I'd re-sign him. All right. We're going to go to break here, and when we come back, we're going to talk about linebackers, which is kind of an interesting group if you look at the makeup of what they have to do this offseason because they have work there to do. And, of course, that's secondary. But first, these words. Do you have a water leak and can't find where it's coming from? Are you dealing with water or mold damage in your home or business? Then call Water Cleanup of Florida at 954-579-0356 for immediate assistance. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and their team is prepared to handle all types of leak detection issues. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. After the leak has been located and repaired, Water Cleanup of Florida will then clean, dry, and fully restore the damaged areas. Water Cleanup of Florida is fully licensed, insured, and certified to provide the one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There is no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle the entire project from start to finish. Service areas include Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone at 954-579-0356. That's 954-579-0356. Or visit their website at wcufl.com. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. I'm Jalen Phillips, and you're listening to 3 Yards Per Carry. 
All right, and we're back. All right, Jerome Baker, Channing Tindall. That's it. That's all there is on the roster right now. So if they had to play a game tomorrow, that's, those are the only linebackers that they have under contract, which means they got to go get at least four more guys to round off this unit. Landon Roberts, Sam Agubon, which I believe, you know, I think we've reached the end of that experiment. Uh, Duke Riley, who had a good season. Melvin Ingram is technically a linebacker, but we're not going to keep him into this group. We already talked about him. Uh, Simon, this is going to be a complete makeover, isn't it? especially with the new system. Yeah, I think so. A completely new makeover. And they need a lot of guys here. And, you know, this is a bit like the offensive line. It's not news that we need guys here. Um, and there are very specific talents for a Vic Fangio linebacker. And you just hope that, you know, uh, as Chris and you just alluded to, if you are, you know, if Vic is looking for a certain player, this is the area where he's really going to be looking for it. And hopefully he's going to be knocking on some doors to, to, to get that done because this linebacker group isn't good enough. Um, and, you know, there are question marks about, even about Channing Tindall, you know, what sort of player would he become? You know, the kind of the minimal snaps I think he had at Georgia, you know, makes you concerned. The fact that he couldn't get on the field at any point, really, as a Dolphin, uh, it, it was really a mulligan season, a, a redshirt season. How much has he trained on? Um, how much of those athletic traits that he obviously flashed at Georgia are really kind of, you know, how much separation does that give him from the field uh, cerebrally? How is he kind of going to take to a Fangio defense uh, and what he's going to be asked of light boxes, as we know? Um, and and really, is he just suited to that role? Uh, in a way, Alandon Roberts is, you know, just that kind of downhill thumper is, uh, you know, you could see that as a thing. Absolutely. You could see him again being re-signed. Um, but I, I think that he's going to want a kind of an alpha in the middle of the park who can play all three downs, who can, you know, you look at something like TJ Edwards, who he's had at Philadelphia, who's a free agent, would be the perfect kind of fit. But, you know, you are looking for something very specific. And, you know, the Dolphins, not only do they not have anything specific, they don't really have anything at all. Mm. Um, so... So, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting situation over the next few months with, with regards to that linebacker position. Yeah, and before I get Kristen here, i got to ask you, Simon, uh, Duke Riley played well for us, but he is so out of his element in this type of system. Yeah, like, I mean... He has, to play, he has to play like a scrape role, and I don't think he can do it. No, and... Duke's kind of, you know, run around, it's coverage, special teams, it's that sort of thing. You'd hope that, you know, that it's the sort of guy who's kind of a special teams captain kind of, you know, great in the locker room. Again, another really high character guy, but, you know, realistically he doesn't fit what, you know, you would archetypally say was a Vic Fangio linebacker. Now, we don't know what Vic's been doing in the lab and maybe he's got some ideas that, you know, <clears throat> that linebackers might do something differently. But historically, you know, uh, certainly from the top down, it certainly doesn't look as though Duke is necessarily a fit to what Vic wants to do. Yeah, to me, he looks like he would just stand right behind, if he were to be resigned, uh, he would play a lot of special teams, and he would stand behind Jerome Baker till Jerome Baker got injured, which, knock on wood, till today, he's been very, very durable. So right. he's not a guy There's that misses many here, I think, as to whether or not Baker even, you know. Right. Well, that, that's Baker another consideration. With the Dolphins? You know, I, I, I can't say 100% automatically that he is absolutely going to be here next year and that they wouldn't either look to move him for a late-round pick or, or, or you know, they're not in the position necessarily to get rid of players when they don't have a lot of linebackers anyway. But mm. you know, is this the ideal scheme for Jerome Baker? I'm I'm not sure it is. So yeah, it will be very interesting to see what happens. Chris, they got work to do, huh? Well, the, Jerome Baker, I think, um, is an interesting. Uh, you know, is it, it's going to be interesting. He would have he would have a market if the Dolphins dangled him out there, and I think that that's. Um, Here's the reality. Jerome Baker is going to be here next year. That's my opinion. Um, I, you know, I, I, I get, we can't say that, that with a hundred percent certainty and um, we can hardly say anything with a hundred percent certainty, frankly. But, um, but I think that Jerome Baker is probably going to be here next year. I think he might have a market. Um, I just don't think it's going to be enough to entice Chris Greer to, uh, to trade him. And um, and so I think he is going to be here and actually his combination, you know, of um, a blitzing ability and, and speed. Um, I think it, it, there's there's a chance I, I toss a coin. We'll see if it works um, and that they're going to find out. And that's going to be one of those things where, you know, uh, 
Vic Fangio will take a look at what everybody does in training camp and then decide how how we need to play exactly in order to um, make that work. Um, a Landon Roberts, you could absolutely see fitting. Um, and so, you know, it'd be, it's interesting that, uh, you know, we could have it, we could have a situation where Andrew Van Ginkle and Landon Roberts are both brought back and, and paired and, and brought up with uh, Jerome Baker to, to man the defense again. And, and then it's like, well, nothing's changed. Um, but at the same time, you know, this is where you kind of wonder if when, Vic Fangio says, you can believe that if I if I have a player that I feel strongly about, I'm going to be in Chris Greer's office. I'm going to be talking to him, uh, talking to him about it. And, and you're like, you're looking at somebody like a uh, like a Leighton Van Der Esch that's a free agent or, um, you know, or somebody, somebody like that. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I liked him a lot coming out of college. Cody Barton, well, you know, maybe we'll see. But certainly T.J. Edwards, um, guys like that. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. But, um, but I think, uh, I think that there's, there's a nice coin flip, whether uh, Baker's going to fit well or not. Um, but I don't think he's going to end up being somewhere else. Sam Agulvon. I mean, we talk about him and we talk down about him, but let's face it. He's only here for special teams. Um, so, you know, the question about whether he's, he remains here or not, is probably going to come down to what it always has come down to, which is special teams. Um, and uh, and yeah, they, they they do have some work to do uh, in this position, but it's hard to know exactly exactly how much needs to change and there unless we're actually sitting down with uh, with with Vic Fangio and and asking him about it. Um, but you know, I think that right now you could even envision just the guys that were already here um, playing, uh, which would be an interesting. You know, it, it's interesting because if you're Chris Greer and you're some of you know, you think I've put together a good roster. Maybe, maybe the last coach wasn't the right coach. Maybe the last system wasn't the right system. Now we bring in Vic Fangio. Well, I'm going to keep the roster together because it was all it was. It was, here's what we needed. We needed new coaching, and that's it. You know, and and there's going to be temptation to that for for uh, Chris Greer is to prove that. So, um, so that's what I'd watch out for. I think there's some interesting things as well. You look at you look at free agents. I know we'll do free agent shows, right? But you look at you know the success that the Rams had, for example, with Bobby Wagner. You have a Levante David out there who's 33. You know, it, it, it immediately throws up an interesting kind of leader for a Vic Fangio defense at that second mm. level. You look at guys like Aziz Al Shair, the 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 49ers linebacker, uh, pretty much a you know a perfect fit in that situation. If people would talk about Tremaine Edmonds, I, you know, for me, that's not, a, you know, a player I'd necessarily be looking at. I think Kaiser White, you know, Philadelphia played with, played, you know, in that scheme. Fangio will know about him for the consultancy work that he's obviously done with the Eagles over the last season. We talked about, um, we talked about TJ Edwards. Chris, you obviously mentioned, um, you obviously mentioned a guy like Cody Barton, you know, ideal kind of fit there, there are players certainly in free agency that you can see them bringing in that aren't going to cost a, a significant amount of money and then you have the draft and you know you, you're looking at guys like Trenton Simpson falling you're looking at the kid from Arkansas who was you know Drew Sanders who was going to Alabama ended up at Arkansas you're looking at um, Penny Sewell's brother Noel you're looking at you know those kind of guys as being those sort of high end Ivan Pace, the kid at Cincinnati, had a great senior bowl. Those are the guys that are looking to sort of come off the board earlier. So there are moves that the Dolphins can make, both in free agency, maybe with a trade, certainly with three second-day picks. You know, you kind of feel like they might add a linebacker there. There are some pieces in play that we already have. What's the situation with Tyndall, you know? But you look at you can look at some cheap free agents, like a Cody Barton, like a Kaiser White, and all of a sudden that, that unit... Whilst it isn't sexy, you know, people are like, oh, where's Levante David? Where's Tremaine Edmonds? But but actually, you're looking for players that fit the scheme, not for players who can, you know, are big names, but perhaps don't work within the the, the constraints of that scheme. So a lot of work to be done, but I don't think it's beyond the realms that you can get fixed fairly quickly and fairly cheaply, actually. Yeah, I was reading a, a, a beat guy from the, you know, they follows the Buffalo Bills, and he was talking about that the Bills want to keep Tremaine Edmonds and want to offer him a contract that has an average of $16 million a year. As soon as I read that, I was like, okay, <laughs> like you really got to want that player 
especially where he plays. He's not an edge player. He's not a corner for $16 million a year. Man, I don't know if he's worth it, and I don't see how that – and I know a, Dolphin, a lot of Dolphin fans are all over that, like weaken the Bills and put him in the middle of our defense. I just don't see it. Spot, uh, spot tracks average uh, annual salary in terms of its calculated market value for Kaiser White is literally half of that. Hmm. Tremaine Edmonds is not two times the player that Kaiser White is, uh, who is a player who's also actually a scheme fit who Vic Fangio knows. Do you know what I mean? That's Yeah, you know, absolutely. So I, I think you have to look at it that way. All right, moving on to the secondary. Everybody's back except four. And I think you want to keep at least one of them. Clayton Fagellum, uh, uh, you know, forget it. Okay, that's uh, he's a special teams guy. We'll see. That's a guy that you see at the end of free agency to round out the roster, if anything. Justin Bethel is also a free agent. Same case. Eric Rowe is kind of interesting in the sense that he can kind of play some of the roles that Vic Fangio wants a safety to play in this defense, but he's getting older. Uh, maybe he's run his course here. The one free agent that I think they want back, they, in fact, I've reported they told them they want him back. And Barry Jackson has come out and said that they that he was told that they want him back as Nick Needham. And he makes all kinds of sense on this team. He's already on the comeback trail. He is rehabbing. Other than him, everybody else is under contract. Ken Crossan, Cater Kohu, Byron Jones, Barone McKinley, Javon Holland, Brandon Jones, Xavier Howard, Noah Benagany. That's for last. Um, Simon, I said earlier on OnlyFans, I see one veteran, one draft pick in this group because that's the truth. They have a lot of guys under contract. And I didn't mention Elijah Campbell, who's who I think it's a team option. So he'll be back because it's so cheap. And, you know, you're talking about the 12th defensive back. You know, like really you want to replace the 12th defensive back. If your 12th defensive back is Elijah Campbell, I think you're pretty happy with that. And, of course, the guy returning on IR, Phil Williams, I believe gets a shot. Uh, back to what I said on OnlyFans, I said, I see one draft pick, one veteran added to this unit. Uh, what do you see, Simon? Um, I see concern, actually. Mm. You know, <laughs> we're talking about this unit, but you're looking at Trill Williams coming off a significant injury. You're looking at Byron Jones coming off a significant injury. You're looking at Brandon Jones coming off a significant injury. You're looking at Nick Needham coming off a significant injury. You know, that's four players who, you know, if Byron Jones comes back, that's four, you know, Fairly significant players, a lot of significant there, but you know, four fairly key players to that secondary who are all coming off big injuries that are not necessarily great for people that have to make quick twitch movements. Mm -hmm. Try saying that at twelve twenty three on a quick Wednesday twitch morning. movements, quick movements. twitch movements, yeah. quick twitch movement, quick twitch. Mo yeah, yeah, you see, yeah. Uh, see? it's difficult. Twelve twenty three in the morning for you. Um, <laughs> no, so I think you know, I do think they'll bring in one or two guys in free agency and I think they'll look at one or two guys in the draft. Now, you know, you might get a couple of cornerbacks and a safety or a couple of safeties and a cornerback. It depends. You know, does that you know what what will Vic Fangio think of Brandon Jones, for example? You know, Vic said specifically we're not going to be much of a for, of a blitzing defense. Yet Brandon Jones is one of the best blitzing defensive backs in the NFL. Okay. Um, you know, how's that going to play? The guy's also coming off an injury. What about Noah Igbenogane? Is he better suited? So that sort of cloud coverage, the cover six, the cover four, whatever that that he wants to play, we, we shall see. Does it suit him better than being in in man? Where is Xavier Howard physically, mentally, you know, coming off a, a, a tough season? Um, you know, we talk about too high, single high. Will there be a partner in too high for Javon Holland? Will there be a free agent partner? Like we've talked about, you know, a Jordan Poyer or, or an Adrian Amos or you know, a Jimmy Ward, someone of that ilk that, you know, Vic has known and and, and that McDaniel has known. Um, it will be interesting to see. But in terms of, you know, that's the safeties. In terms of cornerbacks, I, I think there are, you know, to me, this is the best cornerback draft in a very, very long time. So I think the Dolphins will try and hit a couple of home runs there. And, you know, if they're not focused in on a corner with that first pick, I would be pretty surprised given the real quality of the position in the draft this year. And I, look, I don't expect them to go after a Bradley Roby, a, a, a James Bradbury, or a you know the guys that are going to cost an awful lot of money. But I do think there'll be you know players, and whether that's for guys again that Vic's known. So we talk about Chris talked about it on OnlyFans, someone like a Kyle Fuller. You know, I don't think they'll go after Byron Murphy, but a Rocky Asin makes some sense. You know, you look at the kids at Tampa Bay. Probably this year is too expensive, but what about you know 
Murphy Bunting, who's a good mm-hmm. player. So, you know, there are definitely guys out there, and it's a bit like the linebacker situation. There's definitely guys out there that can help us, um, and who both McDaniel and obviously Fangio know. But we sure, you know, you even go down the, the list and you look at some of the guys that that he's. You look at Dane Jackson at Buffalo, for example. Dane Jackson's a good, solid player who could do a job for us. Um, you know, but you go all the way down to sort of Isaac Yeardom, who was, you know, who, who Vic had for a year in Denver. You know, you could see him coming in. That's, you know, I don't think that's beyond the realms of possibility. So it will be interesting to see, but I absolutely think they'll be spending. And you look at the draft and you look at someone like a Clark Phillips, for example, out of Utah. That's a guy who's perfectly built to play a big Fangio scheme. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Chris, uh, Sam painted a dire picture oh, and no, no not dire i'm just but saying, i can't look, agree with you, you know, like these, these guys these are coming are off serious coming injuries off, you know significant either acl or achilles tears these are yeah. you know i just don't think we can the good news is that they are young they are young yeah, of course you know so i just don't think we can just jump into week one of the season and think everything's okay because we're back in the new season when we've got guys coming off really serious injuries yeah. i do believe that the byron jones injury is a that's that's a dire situation i tend to trust young guys like nick needham and brandon jones to come back you know but Byron Jones, not so sure. Your thoughts, Chris, this unit? I think Byron Jones. So first off, I think that um, this is the one unit where I see – this is the one unit on defense where I see some sort of um, – as I mentioned before, there there could be sort of a, an, uh, a thought process from Chris Greer basically saying, you know, hey, the personnel was good. It was the coaching. Um, and now we have the coaching. Now we have the different coaching. And, and so we're going to try out this personnel. Um, and let's, you know, let's get after it. Um, but the one unit where I see headline action is actually, uh, in the safeties unit of, of the secondary. Um, and that's, I, I think that they're going to, it's either, it's, it, it could be a headline. It could be as, as simple of a move and headline as, Hey, Byron Jones is healthy. He's, you know, passed, passed a bunch of physical tests and we're moving into safety, you know, um, you know, it could be something like that. I tend to doubt it. In fact, uh, you know, Xavier Howard had a very cryptic tweet or whatever Instagram post or whatever the the other day that said something about, you know, give me some teammates or give me a team, you know, full of people that, um, that will play whatever position is asked of them as long as we win. And, uh, and, you know, there's always been a little bit of, uh, there's always been a little bit of tension, I think between Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. And yeah, it's uh, been weird from day one, man. Yeah. I've I've seen every, when I said this the other day, and I know this could mean next to nothing, but I th- I happen to think that it means a lot. I've seen those guys in every single practice since they both, well, since Byron Jones got here. And I'm talking about OTAs and training camp. I don't remember those guys ever even dapping up or even talking to each other for that matter. You know, in fact, well, it's, I, been, I it's always been this passive aggressive stuff. When they I do also interviews. happen to remember heading into this year when we thought that Byron Jones was going to be, uh, playing football, um, you know, and I had I had heard it from multiple people, you know, sort of a, a, a get ready. You might you might see Byron used in some creative ways, like um, you know, particularly safety, which he's played before, um, and you know, I I don't know if I don't know if this stage coming back from the injury, you know, with as picky as he was about you know when he comes back, how he comes back. Uh, what is what his health is when he does, you know, what is capable, you know, his what percentage he's at when he does come back. I, I, I don't see him being up for much of anything creatively. And so I just see him ultimately being jettisoned from the team. Um, but, you know, the, I think that they have a headline move to make somewhere at safety and they're going to do it. And that's that's the one that will be I actually not be surprised. There's not as much to be done at corner as as you'd think because we have to recognize how good of a season Cater Coho had as a uh, undrafted rookie from a college nobody had heard of before, um, and I think that he fits he fits what uh, what Vic Fangio he might fit surprisingly well into what Vic Fangio wants to do um, defensively. Xavier Howard, I think he could get a little bit of a quickening from what Vic Fangio likes to do. 
Um, and now they're bringing back. There's a reason that they're ta- already talking about bringing back Nick Needham. And and so we'll see. Nick Needham is the question mark, of course, because uh, of the severity of the injury that he's that he's coming back from. But um, but I, I don't get the the last defense was built around having two top guys that could lock people down in man coverage, like Xavier Howard and uh, and Byron Jones. That's not this defense. And so, um, you know, we we're talking about Jalen Ramsey earlier. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if they're. I, I don't know if they're gonna. they the the conversations are gonna say. You know, this is necessary. You know, so um, I think that that's that's one of the ultimate reasons why that won't happen. And um, and I think that they could roll with Xavier Howard and Cater Coho, and then kind of cobble together the rest. Maybe with some guys that Vic has experience with, maybe some, you know, maybe with some guys that um, that are, you know, just kind of promising to um, to to work with in the future. Uh, it, it's 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 going to be interesting to see what they do at corner. And and the other thing is, Noah Igbenogany is probably going to stick around just because, you know, if anything, the uh, the change in defensive style will have um, will have given him just a little bit longer of a runway because now it's going to be like, well, let's see how he plays in this style, you know? Um, whereas you want a spoiler alert? Not well. Um, <laughs> we're, I mean, let's look, face, look, look, I, I'll yeah, say this. Cause out, I, I, but... I, don't, I don't want to be an asshole about it either, you know, but I think Noah Benogany would be, would have been best in the old system where you just tell him, look, you know, you're a great athlete, guard this guy, man to man. And his numbers were, you know, not spectacular, but they weren't bad. They were they were okay in man-to-man coverage this past season. But in this type of coverage, in this type of defense, you got to do a lot. Of, there's a lot of moving parts in the secondary in this, especially when you play cloud six, depending on the yeah, hash. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not going to be it's not being a good one for him. Okay, no, I, I they're, they're on the left hash, and he plays with the wrong leverage on the opposite side of the field and gives up a 60-yard touchdown. It'll be the last you see of a Okay, because yeah. so, yeah, this is this system uh, is very susceptible. If somebody does the opposite of what you're supposed to do, you could give up a big play. Well, I, I suspect actually that you know you could see some, you could see even him bring in a guy like Bryce Callahan, and mm-hmm. um, who is by the way like he's not young; he's 32 years old. Bring in a guy like Bryce Callahan, who had a career year this past year. Which well, is awesome. he. he I mean, he's done he's done well in Fangio's defense in the past, and uh, and I think that you could see them bring him in sort of on the cheap and and cobble something together to go with the Xavier Howard and um, and Cater Coho, and I think that that's and and Nick Needham, and um and I think that that could be the the approach there, but I do think that there's going to be a position as safety where a headline. You're gonna see you're gonna see a headline type of move. That's what it feels like to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, somebody like a Jordan Poyer. Um, and I think that that's the other one. You know, we mentioned before a linebacker, and and I I just can't help but wonder if AJ Johnson um, from you know that that played for Fangio and and uh, Denver and was really a, a good linebacker for them. Uh, but he tore his pec in uh, in in week six of of 2021, and and never really and he hadn't really come back from it yet. Uh, he, he signed with the Seahawks practice squad this year, um, and and didn't really you know do much. Didn't really get much playing time. Um, I wonder if they'll kick the tires there because because of his experience in the system, and uh, and and you know, be able to help us transition in the linebackers unit, but no doubt, like, I think the headline is going to be made uh, at the safety position and, and and maybe, maybe nowhere else uh, in the defense, because as I said before, you know, Greer is going to be looking to show that, Hey, we just need a new coaching and, you know, we, we have a good roster. So, um, so we'll, we'll see on that secondary, but don't be surprised about cobbling it together with some kind of relative, either no names or, uh, you know, kind of mid, mid to low level free agents. All right. And the final thing, uh, the punter, um, Simon has stepped out because, you know, he's, it's kind of late over there or, and he doesn't like you very much, Chris. So 
No, he, he, he hates me. I think, uh, I think, um, you know, it's, it's a borderline miracle that you can get us on, uh, um, <laughs> together in the first place, given, given how much we, um, we clearly, uh, you know, hate, hate each other after, after knowing each other for 25 years. But he told me, uh, and uh, unequivocally, yes, bring back Thomas Morstead. I, I really like the guy. He's the, he's, he's in great condition, had a great season, had some clutch punts, man. He's a good player. Like you bring that guy back. Like what's the use? You know, why, why make your guys work overtime? So bring him back on a one-year deal. I think it's a no brainer. Simon did say that maybe they get a look at a kid from Rutgers called Adam Corsack. I don't know if that guy exists. So he might've been making this up to make me look bad. And if he did, that's pretty smart because I don't know who the hell that is. Uh, yeah, I, I, he might have made that name up. Um, okay. But you agree, right? Like this is a no-brainer. Slide over the contract that one-year deal. Hey, uh, come back, Thomas. Yeah, I, I think that um, simplifying the decision-making on wherever you can is probably a good thing. Um, yes. So, yeah, I, I think that that would probably be the easiest thing to do. Uh, we don't know about Jason Sand- Sanders. Um, you know, we'll we'll see. But um, but I, I think, think that, la- uh, last week yeah. we agreed that Jason Sanders comes back, but with um, somebody looming over his shoulder. Yeah, frankly, I you know I don't. As I've said many times before, I don't really, I don't really care. <laughs> well, you should. Have you seen his his salary, <laughs> Jason Sanders' salary? Uh, yeah, I'm sure it's uh, sure it's not not great <laughs> as far as from our standpoint. As far as like you know, he's. What is he making? Like three million dollars or something like that. And... Jason Sanders is making. Let me uh, let me see what what's his... what's crazy about Jason Sanders is that is that he signed. He's one of the few players that is signed for four more years. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I don't three think he's be next... here because the per you know the yeah. bonus, the signing bonus wasn't much. Yeah, the cap hit you is three point I mean? seven million dollars. Three point seven yeah. million dollars. But or, but it's like or how, contract, how I like to refer to it, Melvin Ingram's money. Yeah, well, the contract is just is just surprisingly long, considering how little is guaranteed. You know yeah. what I mean? Like like the bonus, the bonus wasn't that much. Uh, the prorated bonus is only four hundred thousand each year. Um, the you know there's the there's not i don't think there's any more guaranteed salaries any uh, on on any of the future years and yet he's got four years remaining on it. <laughs> yes so it's like, it's like one of those hockey deals to, like i said like simplifying the decision making process like we just don't want to have to worry about this yeah. that's it yeah like those hockey deals like every once in a while you see one of those hockey deals like this guy got 140 million dollars and you start thinking about that guy got 140 million dollars over 10 years. <laughs> yeah, right. And you're like, "Wow, these guys are really trying to save a uh, save an extra buck in the year 2031, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's great. It's it's crazy. I mean, imagine, you know, imagine what that, you know, 2026 with the salary cap is going to look like. And and uh Brandon or sorry, Jason Sanders will have a three point seven five million dollar salary, um, with a so I, I guess a little over four million dollars because he got a roster bonus, um, nominal roster bonus that year. But like, imagine what that'll be relative to the salary cap. You know, at that point, who knows what the veterans' minimum will even look like. <laughs> mm. So, so yeah, I mean, it's I, like I, a... I think they just don't want to. I think they just want to simplify the decision making process on this. And Morstead is a simple decision, and um. And I maybe they just maybe they just keep you know banging their head into the wall with Sanders and hoping that he figures it out, which he might. Yeah, so. on the way on the way out here. Do Do you remember Bobby Bonilla? Do you know? Do you remember his situation on this contract? The guy retired in two thousand one. For those of you trying to keep score, that's twenty two years ago. <laughs> do you understand that every July he gets a check for one point one million dollars, and he will be getting that check until the year. 2035 fantastic is that is that good work or what that's that's good that's good work if you can get it good (laughs) good retirement plan (laughs) okay so the guy is jesus 34 years i don't think think he's jesus christ (laughs) well 
He's getting paid a $1.1 million a year, 34 years past his retirement. 34 years past his retirement. Insane. Well, good work if you can get it. Or that's or that's one of those where you look at the general manager you had back then and you go, that guy was an ungodly idiot. <laughs> Make me pay a guy for 34 years past his, his, uh, his retirement. That might be the Jason Sanders plan. You know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll be paying him until until the year 2035 as well. All right. That's going to have to do it. And that's it. We've gone over the, the roster uh, last week. You got an extended episode. We talked about the offense at length this week. We talked about the defense at length. The next time you hear from us, we're going to actually talk about real players in free agency. Free agency is about nine, 21 days away. 21 days to the the tampering period. Am I do I have that right? Let me see. 21 days to the tampering tampering period. 23 days till actual free agents start getting brought on board. So yeah, we'll start talking about it beginning on our next show. But that's it. There is no more. Talk to you again later on this week. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes on Podbean or your usual podcast provider. Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to 200 in fee-free overdraft with the Chime checking account. Sign up today at Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.